Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1963. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in a beautiful part of the world, Freiburg, Switzerland. That's right, Switzerland, with a very special guest by the name of Mehdi Eisenmoor. Mehdi, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am. Thank you very much for inviting me. You're welcome. Now, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, you know what? This isn't going to work very well for Mehdi because we're going to be talking about the Tesla brand. There's no clutches in those cars, right? There are no clutches in Tesla, no. Absolutely. Well, you listeners will understand why that matters here in just a minute. But before I give you a proper introduction, Mehdi, would you share one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you? Something that most people don't know about me, in business at least, is that I I love photography. So on weekends or on trips, I like to take my camera with me and just shoot out what I see uh, during my experiences. So I'll say that. Photography, you know, I've loved photography my whole life. It all started in high school when I was on the high school yearbook as a photographer, and I've shot so many pictures. And I have to ask you this because I always carried Nikon cameras. I always tried to buy the best I could afford. And for the last probably four or five years, I don't know if I've gotten lazy or if because there's some other cameras out there, those mirrorless digital cameras now like Sony makes and of course Canon Mm -hmm. now that I've wanted those, but I've got my old Nikon that I just kind of rely on my iPhone way too much. Let me ask you this. What kind of camera do you like to carry? I have a Sony uh, a7 III uh, that I recently purchased, but I have to admit that I also use my phone more and more, (laughs) especially now that I have the latest iPhone. The camera is awesome. And it's, I mean, it's, just great. You know, I'm in the same boat. And every year I say I'm going to buy that new Sony and then they come up with another one. And then Nikon comes out with one. <laughs> and now Canon has one. You can actually in camera do some multiple exposures with in camera shooting. And I'm like, you know, it's like it's like all the computers. They just keep coming out with better stuff. So if you wait, you end up never buying. So I think I got to just step up and buy a buy a Sony like you did and start using it. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah, just start shooting. Well, I love photography too as well, so I'm glad we both have a similar hobby. Let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to talk about what you're up to these days. Mehdi Isamore is the founder of Hills, where they provide Tesla owners with an opportunity to showcase distinction in a world of sameness. They design and manufacture made-to-order accessories that are manufactured with extreme precision and crafted using noble and natural materials. Matty began his entrepreneurial career back in 2014 at the young age of 16 when he launched his first startup from his bedroom in Switzerland. After selling thousands of products in over 80 countries, he sold his brand and he moved to the United States. Well, a platonic failure resulted in him losing everything, and so he returned to Switzerland and he created Mel River a versatile company that incubates its own brands and products through a startup studio. Hills is his first brand at Mel Rivers Studio. Very cool. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about Medi, Mel River, and Hills. But first, a word from our valued sponsors. So please give them a little listen. Give them a little love. That's why we're here today. And we'll be right back. 
Covercraft's newest five-layer indoor cover is especially engineered for indoor use, providing maximum dust protection when your vehicle's stored in the garage. Your five-layer indoor cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form, and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Even if your vehicle is always inside, dust and fallout can damage the paint, and an extra layer of soft, Breathable material protects from accidental bumps and rubs. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover, custom fit to fit the car like a glove. And I have a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Simply use the code YEAH, Y-E-A-H-2-1 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. My carrier seemed to be turning into a media company versus an insurance company, and I realized that a portion of my policy premium was paying for all those so-called free media goodies. So I did my homework, I talked to knowledgeable collectors, shopped around, and discovered American Collectors Insurance. They've been serving the collector car hobby since 1976. You last that long by properly serving your customers' insurance need, not with a lot of fluff. ACI is ranked the number one online collector car insurance provider according to Google, Trustpilot, Facebook, and they offer their real person guarantee live support. No never-ending phone loops when you need help. Plus, because you don't use your classic car as a daily driver, you could save up to 40% compared to regular auto insurance. American Collectors Insurance provides agreed value policies. So if you experience a total loss to your collector vehicle or it's stolen, you'll be paid the amount listed on your declaration page, less any deductibles, of course. No ifs, ands, or buts. Give them a call today and ask for your free quote at 866-A-C-I-Y-E-A-H. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens, at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Maddie, we're back. So we're going to dive a little deeper into the corners as we drive around the beautiful Swiss Alps. Uh, The country you live in is one of the most beautiful on the planet. It's been way too long since I've been there. Let's start with Mel River, and then we're going to migrate into hills because I think it's pretty cool. You went back to your native Switzerland, and you started this company. So let's start with Mel River and the concept behind this versatile company that incubates its own brands. I'm very fascinated. Yeah, so... I can tell you a little bit more about the, the way I conceived it. It's based out of the failure that I had in my past. So you said it before I created Galiti, which was my, my first company. We were selling high-end accessories for MacBooks. And the thing is, I was able to scale that brand to a certain level mm-hmm. with a specific team. But we had a lot of things that were not allowing us to grow more in terms of capacity, resources, because... The, the market was just too small, too tiny for the, the products that we were providing. And based out of that problem, I thought, why not creating one company that actually manages and creates more than a single brand? And thanks to that structure, 
we will be able to craft and create a, a real strong team of uh, people that are dedicated to those various products and brands. And that's a little bit the, the idea behind it. And uh, the second idea was also just to create our own products. I'm, I'm just passionate about this uh, since uh, I'm in my teenager age. I love to create things. I created T-shirts. I created, you know, lots of different things. And seeing people buying them, um, being happy wearing them or just using them is what makes me happy. And this is what we were trying to do with Malriver. Well, this is really fun. And, you know, it works well. When you think about Switzerland, Swiss watches, fine craftsmanship. I think the, the story has always gone that if you go to Europe, the only train system that runs on time is a Swiss train system. Uh, in fact, I even bought a watch for my dad years and years ago that was designed after the Swiss train station uh, watch face, the clock face. Love it. A Swiss-made company. Yeah, which is cool. So let's migrate here from Mel River into Hills because that's why I initially reached out to you. I found your brand and Tesla is one of these marks that is just taken off like you can't believe. Everyone I know that has bought a Tesla that I know up as a close friend or a family member loves the vehicle. It, they all act like young, giddy 16 year olds in their first cars. <laughs> and these are even people that aren't even car people. I mean, they just love every yeah. aspect of it. So you created a line of products that are used in the Tesla automobiles to make them all not the same. You can customize them, but you've taken that Swiss perfection uh, to that level. So walk through how the company Hills came to be and, all the different products that you provide. Yeah, so you, you said it. Tesla is, is a brand that is loved by people beside the automotive world. And myself, I'm not coming from the automotive world. Um, I'm passionate about design. And I, I just loved the Tesla brand in itself. Um, and that's when I decided to buy myself a Tesla. But I was quickly frustrated by the lack of options and seeing more and more Teslas on the road. I just didn't felt unique. And... Um, you know, I come from Europe, you said it. Um, here we have German brands, um, Audi, Volkswagen, BMW. You have so many options on those cars to customize your car. You, you can even customize the, the color of the seats and you have, you know, thousands of options. But at, at the Tesla car, it's very limited, right? You, you have just three different colors or four different colors, two different wheels. And the interior is also very limited in options. So... That's when I decided to come up with a solution for myself first and then decided to allow people to buy it, basically. So tell us about the products that you offer for the Tesla. We offer interior upgrades that are made out of real wood in Germany. Um, so it's crafted in Germany, in the north of Germany. And we basically cover the center console and the dashboard. And more recently, the door panels. That's basically the extension of the dashboard onto the front doors. That's it. Basically, it's just one single product that is in different wood variants and wood colors, I would say. Yeah. Now, you, in, in looking at your website, you also offer yeah a variety of different wood products. Now, you say you use real wood. A lot of times when you look inside any vehicle, you, you think you're looking at wood, but lots of times you're not really looking at wood. I think in some cars, and you can correct me on this, I think they're printed wood pattern sometimes on plastic perhaps, and then they're coated correct. with varnish or plastic. But can you share a little bit without giving away maybe company secrets about how your <laughs> accessories are manufactured using this beautiful, and the wood selections are gorgeous, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you like it. I, I, I'm glad you like them. Sorry. 
Um, so yeah, it's made of real wood, as I said, and some cars use cheaper wood paneling options. We exclusively bend real wood. So it's a very complicated process that wow. requires uh, 85 steps or 87 steps even for the dashboard um, between when the wood sheets comes where the products are, are made and the final board uh, delivered to our customers. So um, it's a very um, sophisticated process. Uh, we were negotiating with different partners and the best partners who were able to truly provide um, the, the products that we now sell was in Germany. And that's why we decided to uh, work with them. They also work with BMW and uh, actually the wood products that you see in BMW cars or most of them are produced by this company. Okay. So, so we're, since I have two BMWs in my garage, an X5 and an M3. Now my, yeah. my M3 came with a special uh, option called a competition package. So the, there isn't any wood. It's actually an aluminum type pattern. It's a very unique patterned aluminum, but my wife's car has a beautiful burl, light burl colored wood that is just gorgeous. But there's lots of compound curves and things here. So when you think about yeah. bending and moving, you know, pieces of wood and making them fit and everything, yeah, it's got to be complex. And if you're dealing with a, a supplier, OEM supplier to BMW, then you definitely found somebody who knows what they're doing. Exactly. No, definitely. And I'm very happy with your work. And as you said, you know, bending wood is a very complicated process. Um, it takes a lot of care, a lot of testing, the pressure, the amount of time the wood is under pressure. If it's in hot or in cold pressure, everything has an impact on the final product. And we did a lot of testing. Actually, we tested our two products during uh, around six to eight months before having a final product ready to sell on the market. Wow. Now, for those drivers out there that drive Teslas that want to customize their car, yoo-hoo, finally, there's a way to, there's a finally a way to do that. Your <laughs> website is the best source or the only source for them to go to? Currently, at least in the U.S., it's the only source, yeah. Okay. And that website, what is that website? Because I know it's not just Hills, H-I-L-L-S, it's hillsmade.com, is that correct? Correct, yeah. Yeah, hillsmade.com. Yeah, I'd encourage you listeners, I'll put a link to uh, on Medi's show notes page on the Cars yeah website, but it's easy to find. Just go and Google hillsmade.com and you'll find their site. Beautiful imagery and pictures and options for your Tesla. Now looking ahead, well, actually, I'm not going to ask you that question yet. I'm going to step back because I'm going to save this one. I'd love for you to share somebody in your life who's been what I call a driving inspiration, uh, an influential person, a key mentor, perhaps somebody that helped you along the way because you started this journey and you're still a young man uh, when you were quite young and my hat's off to you for being such an entrepreneur and starting businesses at a tender young age of 16. I think it's fantastic. It's a it's a story I've heard many times from my uh, inspiring automotive enthusiasts here. But is there somebody who's been highly influential and helpful in your world? Yeah, definitely. I remember when I was at 16, I created my first, you know, companies. I wasn't doing it full time. I had a job on the side and here in Switzerland, you do apprenticeships um, so it's basically doing um, a job and being at school at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and while I was doing this, I was working for a big telco provider here in Switzerland. And I had a manager who was absolutely fantastic. His name is uh, Panayot. And um, he, he teached me so much. Uh, so I would say he was a, um, a big mentor. Now, what are some of the things that he did to help you uh, grow and progress and uh, enhance your entrepreneurial ways? So I think there are three important things. First, I, he teaches me, uh, teach me, sorry, what leadership truly is, mm. leading people. 
um, he, he had a, at the time a, a team of, I'll say, 10, 15 people. And I just saw how he was leading people, taking the time to truly understand their values, their uh, core skills, their problems as well, sometimes mm-hmm. listening to them and what listening truly means. So this will be one thing. Um, another one is he trusted me. And this is something that uh, <laughs> might be undervaluated, in, in my opinion, uh, from leadership. It's like I felt that this guy was just trusting me 100% and I loved it. Uh, it gave, like I wanted to do my best for him because he tr- trusted me at a young age and he, he just believed in me. Uh, and the third thing I would say about him is he taught me to believe in myself and to believe in my dreams. And yeah, I would say this is what he teach me. Wow. How lucky were you? Those are, are really strong key mentorship talking points here, listening, trust, and teaching you to believe in your dreams. You're very fortunate because very few of us go through life getting those kind of people in our lives. And for you to have one at such a young age during an internship is pretty darn fortunate. Yeah, yeah, really. And I'm, I'm still glad to this day to to know him. And we still you know, see each other from time to time. So it's it's always great. Oh, nice. So if you were going to flip the mentorship ways here and be a mentor to a young person who wants to follow in your footsteps, not maybe in the particular products that you created, but wants to be entrepreneurial, wants to create their own business at a young age, what are some of the ways that you would advise them to be successful? I think the most important at a young age is to truly listen to your guts. I feel like the more we grow up, the more our gut just disappears in the mass of information that we see. And this is like the the most precious thing that we get get at a young age. So I would say the younger you are, the the fastest you should figure out what you want to do and what you love. And to do this, just follow your gut. Go from point A to point B. See if it pleases you, if you like what you're doing, and just experience as many things as you can. Um, So this will be what I recommend. Ah, so true. Every time I didn't listen to that little voice, that little man, that gut, <laughs> it failed <laughs> every single yeah. time. You know, it's you, sometimes you don't want to listen to them because they're telling you something you really don't want to hear. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always the case. It's always true. How do they know that? How are they so smart? Well, <laughs> that comes with experience, I believe. But I think even you're yeah. right as a young person. It's just like when your peers are trying to taunt you into doing something you know you shouldn't do. That little gut comes forward very loud and clear and goes, nah, don't do it. You're going to be sorry. And then, of course, after you do it, they say, yep, yep, you blew it. I told you. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We're thinking a short break and uh, enjoy our sponsors here for just a minute. But we come back, I want to talk about one of the many challenges you face. So uh, sit tight, keep that in thought, and we'll be right back. I've discovered... Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion, and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! 
Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So let's talk about this, Mitty. Now, I know when I introduced you, I talked about a challenge you had when you came to the U.S. with the company, and you talked about that a little bit. But I'd love for you to share whether it's that story more in depth or any story in your life where you faced a big challenge. And the real reason for this question is more about what it taught you, that little voice, so you can move forward. So share a big story with us, would you? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is the the biggest challenge that I faced, the, the one that you just men- like mentioned. So basically, just to give some context, I sold my first company. Uh, it wasn't a huge amount, but it was a very great amount. Uh, at the time, I was just 21. Um, and I quit my daily job. And I just said, you know, my dream is to live in the US. I love the US. Um, I've only traveled there, you know, for a few weeks. It was just vacation, but I want to live in this country. I want to live my American dream. Mm-hmm. So let's go. And I, I flew to Los Angeles with the idea in mind to create a new project. This project was called Mint, and it was supposed to be a fashion brand for males. Of course, I didn't know much about the culture in the US, uh, but I had my idea in mind and I just, you know, tried it. And it was uh, a platonic failure, as you said uh, earlier in the discussion. Uh, from all perspectives. But when I say all perspectives, it's really all perspectives. So um, business-wise, it didn't work. We had to shut down. I had to fire for the first time of my life one employee. Um, so that was very difficult. Yeah, that's painful. It's very painful, especially when you're passionate about what you do and you you feel you know lost and you don't have control anymore over the, the company. I lost all my money. So what I've been working on for the past three years that I just sold, get fresh cash in, everything was gone. At the time, I invested in cryptocurrencies also. That's important. 2018, beginning of 2018. And for people who invested at that time, <laughs> I believe they know what period it was. So it was just when it went from 20K to whatever. So difficult also financially. I was actually in debt. Um, and when I flew there, I was feeling... Not rich, but I was feeling great. Comfortable, yeah. Comfortable, yeah. And comfortable. And just, you know, personal life as well. Um, my girlfriend at the time, we broke up. So it was like a mess. My life was it's like a, mess. a triple whammy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, let's talk about the lesson learned here. Uh, a very valuable and very expensive lesson, no doubt, but a lesson that I will tell you this, Mehdi, as you grow older and become more successful, you'll look back with a little bit of a smile, maybe not a big one, but a bit of a smile saying those were really valuable lessons that I could take forward so I didn't repeat those challenges. What what were those learning lessons for you? We, we spoke about it before, gut feeling. Mm-hmm. I believe that my dream of living in the U.S. and, you know, living my American dreams from all the movies that I've been seeing since uh, I was. Uh, yeah, here's, uh, you a, know, here's uh, a tip for you, Matty. Don't believe in Hollywood. Yeah. It's all fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now I know. But no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm still a, a big dreamer and I still believe in the American dream, either, oh, even course. after what I, I live. But I, I just think that my gut was not able to express itself and tell me what I truly felt inside. And I was just following this ideal vision that I had since my childhood. Um, You know, it it was a dream without the gut being driving the driver, I would say. And this is a a big problem. So if you were to do that again, in, in exact same scenario, and you land in LA, 
let's just, I know there's a lot of in-depth to this because there's a lot of details that we don't need to explore, mm. but what are a couple things you would have done differently during that first year that you believe yes. may have set you on a different course instead of believing in the, and I won't say yes. the American dream doesn't exist. It does. I mean, we have a lot of people that come here. I've had a lot of guests on the show that come from yes. other countries and have become successful. Some have lost it all, yes. but eventually made it. So there you go. But what are a couple of those really powerful lessons that you would you would not repeat <laughs> if you yes. were to do it again? So the most important for me was, you know, just the idea, the brand idea. Mm. Sorry that I told you about just before Mint. When I told people about this idea here in Switzerland before moving there, everybody was super excited about it. It was the first time of my life that for one idea, everybody believed it was possible. And, you know, people were not really challenging it. And they said, okay, that's cool. Um, wish you luck. Boom. Before that, I always had skeptical people, right? Oh, this isn't going to work. Oh, um, you might experience this difficulty. You, you might, you know, lose it all and stuff like that. So for the first time, everybody was agreeing, this is a cool idea. And I would say to people who are listening to us right now that if everybody tells you that it's a great idea, there is a big wall in front of you that you're not seeing. Because <laughs> actually, yeah. I, I think that a great idea is something that people don't perceive immediately. There is some friction that people might not agree on. And this is the indicator that it's a great idea. Not everybody telling you uh, that it's great. If that makes sense, it does. so that's that's a big learning. Uh, was a big learning at the time, and now I, I'm only excited when ideas are not accepted. <laughs> if they are rejected, that's when I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, I, I think that's a good sign. And uh, the other thing I would assume you probably learned during the process is. Uh, Either a little more homework in the case of Mint with the men's clothing line, uh, investigating that a little bit deeper and learning more about how that all works. Because the apparel business in the fashion business, ooh, tough one. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it's that's what I love because right now we are in the car business and I have nothing to do with cars uh, coming back to Hill. Hill, sorry. And at the time, that's also what I love, just um, learning everything directly. Um, and, and not having uh, too much data in mind. That's also what I'm loving in business. Yeah, everything's fresh and new and you can look at it yeah. uh, more uh, objectively than subjectively. So Correct. that you're not slanted by your passion a little too much because we talk a lot on this show about people's passion and how that can take you a certain ways, but sometimes you neglect the details around that mm -hmm. passion because you mm -hmm. love it so much and that's where people fall short. So great story. Thanks for for sharing that painful time in your life. Uh, let's talk about a, a little bit of looking forward. And I alluded to this early in our talk, and that is bucket list of where you would like to see or where you see Hills brand, let's say in the next two or three years, because I don't want to go too much further out, given what we've had to deal with the last two years, because you never know what train is coming down the tracks right at you. So how do you see Hills evolving over the next couple of years? Yeah, you know, my ambition is not to be on every Tesla. Definitely not. My ambition is to be on every Tesla from people who think different, let's mm. say. Um, so basically, I want to target the small part of the audience who love customization, who love to have uniqueness in their car, and maybe also love the woodcraft. And that's it. That's basically it. The goal is to, to, to make Tesla owners love their car even more with our accessories. Very cool. Now, I know when we were uh, starting our show here, you talked about Mill River. Is there something else in lurking in the back of your mind that doesn't even have to be auto-related that you're kind of chewing yeah. on maybe? 
that you you're, oh, that you yeah. could share? Just a, a little hint, a little tease. Yeah, yeah, and it, it will show people how you know diversified the business is going to be because it has nothing to do with cars, but it has something to do with me again, <laughs> because you know I own the Tesla, but besides owning a Tesla, I also own a cat, and I was searching for a cat tree, and I'm not, I don't know if you're familiar with you know, the cat world, but um, a cat tree is basically a furniture that you can have in your apartment right. or in your house um, for your car to be able to sleep on it. And it's just disappointing here in the market, at least here in, in Europe, we don't have a lot of um, cat tree brands which make design cat trees. Yeah. So what we are working on right now is a design cat tree. Oh, I love, you know, I love this. Now, I, I've never had a cat, so I wouldn't have a need for one. However, I am into design and having a father who is an architect, I love great design. And mm. most of those cat trees, when you say the word cat tree, I think of ugly boxes covered with ugly, exactly. ugly carpet. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. And I'm thinking, I'm glad I don't have a cat because I wouldn't want one of those in my house. <laughs> but I did encounter a product, and I don't remember where I saw it. There was a product made out of felt that were cat houses, and they look like okay. eggs. They're they're shaped like eggs, oh, or they're very organic. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe you've seen yeah. those before. But yeah, I've seen these. Yeah, yeah, but I thought, you know, if I ever had a cat, I'd want one of those because that's pretty cool looking. So I think you're onto something here. And I'll tell you something about the U.S. pet market. It's probably this way in the whole world. People are fanatics about their pets. <laughs> they will spend enormous amounts of money for their pets. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. I think you're onto something. I can't wait to can't wait to hear about that. Let's talk about a special vehicle story in your life. Now you talked about owning a Tesla, which is cool that you that's the car you went out and bought. Is that the kind of car you'd like to talk about or something different? Yeah. Yeah, it's it definitely is. To be honest, I'm I'm in this car world since I discovered Tesla and love it so much. So I'll def definitely say Tesla. Yeah. Okay. And so what led you to buy a Tesla? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a great story as well. You know, I was um, following Elon Musk and all of his, you know, journeys uh, and different ad adventures and entrepreneur entrepreneurial journeys, sorry. Mm -hmm. And Tesla is one of them. And I just been following the company growing up uh, from just selling a few thousand Tesla Model S and Model X to actually selling a huge amount of Model 3s and Model Y. I discovered that car when I was actually during my trip in the US. As I told you, when I, I, I moved there, I saw the first time I, I remember it was um, in Venice Beach uh, or near Venice Beach, um, a Tesla Model 3. And I just fell in love with the car as soon as I saw it, you know, just that no noise, the, the way it, it went fast from that red light. I just loved it. And that's when I fell in love with the brand. Yeah, it's pretty incredible how that brand has come. I remember seeing the very first Teslas, which are basically built on the old Lotus platform. Yeah. Yes. Way back during Car Week during Pebble Beach, this cool little sports car. And, you know, this was in battery technology was still so far behind. And, oh, okay, that's kind of cool, kind of neat. Little sports car goes fast, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. And, uh, boy, have they come a long way. And yeah. I think they've, they've got a long, a long path in front of them as well uh, for all sorts of things. And Elon Musk is just I think I've always said this on the show. He wants to go to Mars because that's where he's from, because he's out of this world. Uh, he's, in a, he's on another level of thought and brainwaves. Um, whether you like him or not as a person, I just don't see how you can't admire him, not admire him for what he's done. 
and the companies he's built and the forward thinking. He re- reminds me in a way of a Steve Jobs in mm. his thought process and how far out there he is. I, you know, people said, I'd like to spend a day with him. Well, good luck. Try to keep up. <laughs> I'd like to spend, I'd like to spend just an hour in his brain. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a scary place. Probably is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's incredible. Now, I'm going to get into your brain a little bit here, Maddie. This is a question I guarantee you nobody's ever asked you before. I'm going to be your automotive psychologist since now we can kind of say you're a car guy finally. You finally come to the other side, if you will, and join the rest of us here on Cars. Yeah. If you were manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive your personality as a vehicle, what would Medi be? But more importantly, why? As you already know, I love Tesla. Yeah. So I had to I had to pick up a Tesla, but I will tell you why now. Okay. But I'll pick I'll pick the Roadster, which wasn't launched yet, and I'll tell you why. I I think it's a modern car and it has only two seats, right? So it's also a part of defining myself because I don't hang with, you know, overloaded crowd. Um I try to keep my my range of people near me uh pretty tiny. Uh, so I, th- I think that's also a great vision to only have two seats. Um, th- it has a very minimalistic interface to not say it has no interface. And I'm, I, I'm a minimalistic guy. Um, if you come to my apartment, you, you will ask me where uh, the furniture actually is because there is not a lot. Oh, um, okay, cool. <laughs> and, and and it's fast. I uh, People describe me as someone who's fast. So I I like it as well for this. I think that makes a world of sense. Yeah. You know, and that the not being very cluttered, being somewhat minimalistic uh, is pretty cool, too. I've been following a, a guy on YouTube that talks about minimalism and decluttering your life and enabling mm-hmm. your brain to operate at a higher level and think more deeply uh, as a result of not having this stuff around you all the time. And mm-hmm. uh, our home is very modern, very minimalistic. Uh, lots of times when my kids would bring their friends over, their kids, their, my kids' friends would say, where's your parents' stuff? <laughs> like, where's all the, all the knickknacks on the shelves and everything? Well, my parents don't, <laughs> yeah. they don't have that. But if you're into modern design, that's easier to be that way. A little harder if you're, yeah. you're not. So I think that's cool. It, now, I would assume that you're a reader. Is there a great book you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, one book that changed my way uh, of just perceiving life is the um, the subtitle "Art of Not Giving a F-. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's probably a common book that um, lots of of listeners yeah. already already read. But uh, there is a second one that I I, I think m- most people don't know, and it, it's called the Brand Gap, and it's um, a book about branding and brand building that really also helped me out with uh, building some of our brands. So this is the second one that I would recommend. Well, the, the first book I've heard of, and we it's been recommended a few times. Uh, the second, The Brand Gap, that one I'm not familiar with. So I'm going to have to look that up, being a marketer at heart and that having been my career for most of my life. I'll have to check that out. The Brand Gap. What's one of the main points in The Brand Gap? I think it's it's about perception and how you want your brand to be perceived. This is something that was like they, they, that book taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. And the second element I would say is focus. The importance of proactively closing doors to open a big one and not wanting to be everything. Like defining your brand and proactively closing some things that you believe are not part of your narrative is super important. Yeah, 
So important. And you see that with brands all the time when they start to veer off into different areas and it confuses the consumer in some cases. In some cases, scaling works. In many cases, it works. But in some cases, it kind of goofs up things a little bit muckies up the process as they say yeah so i'm gonna take you on the ultimate drive uh this is kind of a fantasy ride here you get to pick any vehicle in the world you get to pick anybody you are going with this could be somebody living or deceased and you get to be going anywhere now being a guy who lives in switzerland i've driven around switzerland i got to spend some time in a sports car driving through switzerland and oh my gosh i wanted to turn around and go do it again it was so fun what does the ultimate drive look like for you i would say i'll take a mercedes-benz SL55 AMG. Mm. And the reason why is also linked to the person that I'm going to tell you about. I will want to be on this ride with Steve Jobs. Okay. Um, Because he inspired me just so much when I was a a kid again, and maybe also in my teenager age. You know, I watched all of the movies about him uh, when I was a a teenager. I read a lot of books, and I, I just was really passionate about his, I would say, persona, because it's more than just, you know, himself. It's what he, he emphasized and, and what he brought mm-hmm. um, to this planet. So I, I think it will be a very fun ride to be in his favorite car. And he will be driving me around um, uh, in, in his favorite parts of California, for instance, uh-huh. since I, I love California. Yeah, maybe up and down the coast there, uh, Highway 1, <laughs> which I've done many times, even did it on a bicycle one. So, yeah, it's just a beautiful, beautiful drive. And that car, I'll tell you, I I used to joke, maybe because I'm getting older now, but I used to joke with friends and say, you know, Mercedes, that's for old guys. And my friends would laugh at me who had Mercedes Benz. And I was at a dealership once with a friend who was getting a car serviced. And the guy, the salesman said, hey, what kind of car do you drive? And I was driving a Porsche 993 at the time as my daily driver. And he said, you should drive a AMG SL. And I said, well, I'm sure they're nice. But he goes, no, 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 let's take one for a drive. I'll tell you something, Maddie. When I came back from that test drive, I did not want to get out of that car. Really? It was so nice. It felt like a glove. It was super fast. You know, I had the electric top that would go down and you could still talk mm-hmm. in the car. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I looked at the man and I said, I think I'm old now. And he looked at me and he goes, what? <laughs> And I said, sorry, that's like kind of an inside joke, but yeah, they're nice. Ooh, I, I, I've not had one, but maybe I'll allow myself to get one when I'm really old. <laughs> they're nice cars. Yeah. Steve Jobs. What a guy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Incredible person. Incredible visionary. Um, yeah, pretty amazing. That would be a neat ride. Well, you've taken us on a spectacular ride today, Mehdi, and I can't thank you enough for uh, uh, allowing me to spend some time with you today. Ah, Switzerland. I've got to get back to Switzerland. Before I let you go, could you share maybe a success quote, a mantra, or some kind of inspiring words with our listeners? Yeah. Well, I think the most important in life is just to be aligned with yourself and do what you love with um, other people who are also, also passionate about what they do. And... Uh, I simply think that following my gut always led me to the right way. So I would say that people should also follow their gut and just their heart. And it always leads to the right way. Uh, Maybe not the easier, uh, not the (laughs) most beautiful, but for sure the right one. Yeah. Uh, Great words of wisdom there. I love that. So again, listeners, you can find Hills at hillsmade.com. Do you also have a website for Mel Rivers? Yeah, we do. It's melriver.com. melriver.com. Well, I would encourage you listeners to check this out. If you're a Tesla owner and you want to make your 
now I'm not going to upset some people here. You're going to make your refrigerator Tesla because they're all kind of the same. If you want to make it special, <laughs> you just go look at what Medi is creating. And I'm going to spell his name. He's got a beautiful, unique name, M-E-H-D-I, Medi. His last name is I-Z-E-M-M-O-U-R. But again, you can find all this on Medi's show notes page on the Cargio website. He's the only Medi that's been on the show, so he'll be very easy to find out of the 1,963 guests that have been on the show here today. And I want to do a shout out. Thank you to Darren Schuster of Pop Culture PR. He's the nice gentleman who introduced me to Medi. So, Darren... Job well done. Thank you for that. Medi, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your incredible company. Can't wait for or to see the more things that you produce through Mel River in the future. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark, for having me. It's been great to share my story on your show and see you next time. Absolutely. Pleasure's been all mine. I'm honored to say that my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah is Tech Force Foundation. They help young people find an education and career that aligns with their passions. For those who love cars, problem solving, and working with their hands, a career as a professional automotive technician is the perfect fit for a fulfilling life. We're all wired differently, and not every successful career demands a four year university. Technical education and the skilled trades matter, and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn more about how you can support tomorrow's driving force and workforce of technicians at techforce.org, like I do here at Cars Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!